Today, we're talking about EMFs, electromagnetic fields, and how you can reduce your exposure to them. This is one of those topics I'm bringing up not as an expert, but just to share what I've learned and maybe introduce you to something you didn't know much about before. I had an expert come out to our house to measure everything and see how much exposure my family was getting and how I could limit that without drastically changing our lifestyles. And it was so interesting. So many of the things I worried about weren't bad at all. And other things I had no idea even mattered were totally putting out a ton of radiation. So from this meeting, I was able to make changes in our home that reduced our exposure by over half in one day. So today I'm sharing what we did and what EMFs are and why I think they are important to know about. I think we are going to hear so much more research about this in the next five or 10 years, but why not start learning now? Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy you are here with me today. We have this interesting topic that I've just recently learned so much about and I'm excited to share. If you saw my Instagram stories last week, you probably saw that I had an expert come out to the house to check on all of this. I've been interested in it for so long and I've had some friends that have had someone come out to the house. And so I finally just pulled the trigger and did it. You know, what's funny is I started out by, I bought one of those EMF monitors online, right? So I'm like, I can, I've read enough about the topic. I'm going to buy my own monitor and go around the house and kind of figure out what's what. And to be honest, I had no idea what any of it meant. I read the manual. I did a little YouTube on the monitor that I bought. And I was just like, I really, I mean, I could kind of tell some things, but for me, that didn't work. And I know for some people that has, they buy the monitor online, they read about it and they kind of do it in their own home and they get answers that way. Maybe that could work for some people. It was obviously above my pay grade because I could not figure out what what was what with it. So I was like, all right, the at-home monitor is not my thing. Let's have someone come out. So I asked a couple friends who they had used and I picked one of them. He came down from LA and I will link the information, his contact information, because he gave us so much valuable information that I really, that I was shocked with. So many things, like I said, that I was worried about that didn't really matter. So many things I had no idea were even an option to consider that totally mattered. And the most important thing is, is the things that we were able to change right away with his help and making a couple changes with, with my tech guy and within the house that reduced our exposure by so much. And listen, my husband is more kind of set in his ways than I am. If I came in with this huge plan of how we were going to, you know, deconstruct the house to make it completely EMF free, he would, he would do none of it. He would just not be on board because it's too extreme. And I get that. And with a lot of this stuff, I really, my mindset, I really play kind of in the middle. I'm not an extremist either way. I think it's so important to know. And I think for the things that are, you know, kind of very low impact on your lifestyle and your family, it's just a no brainer. Why not get the information, learn, 
and make the changes. Like I just, I think why not? There's no downside. So after posting all the Instagram stories and I got so many questions and again, I'm not an expert on this. I'm just learning, but I kind of wish that I would have seen a podcast on this a year or two ago. So I could have made those changes a while ago. So hopefully that does this for people that maybe didn't know anything about this or know a little bit about it, but don't even know where to start. Um, I'm doing other topics like this soon that you'll really see. And I think will be really interesting to people. I have a podcast coming soon, an episode coming about functional medicine, what it is and how you can incorporate it into your life. Because that's another thing that I knew a little bit about, but until the last couple of months, I didn't know a ton about. So we're going to talk about functional medicine again, not coming, not as an expert at all, but just learning about the topic and, and how you can approach your health in a different way. Another one that I'm doing kind of along this line in this series is researching mold and the mold in our homes and how we can learn more about it and how we can make easy changes to make our homes healthier for ourselves and for our families. So that's kind of, I just, I love these topics and so many things that I'm learning about that I think would be interesting to people. So today we're talking about EMFs. And if you're like me, maybe you've always kind of worried, but didn't really know where to start and just not knowing enough about it, you kind of do nothing. So I, I dove in, I read a bunch of stuff. I had this expert come out and I wanted to just learn all about it. So he started in a way that I think could put some people off because these, usually these experts are going to be you know, they're on the extreme. They believe in this wholeheartedly. And his story right from the beginning was, listen, this exposure, it's odorless and it's invisible. So it's hard for people to wrap their mind around it and realize how important it is. He says, it's like how smoking and second house hand smoking used to be. But the thing is, you could smell that and you could see the smoke in the air. So people always knew it wasn't good for you. With this, because there's no smell and it's invisible, people aren't as concerned. And he says that, you know, secondhand smoke um, today, today's version of secondhand smoke is um, the EMFs in the house and, and out in the world and all the exposure that we're getting. So right in the first five minutes, well, first of all, he walked in, I introduced myself, I asked him if he wanted a drink. And right away, he's like, you have two cell phones in your back pocket too, because I have a work phone and a personal phone. And he's like, are those on airplane mode? And I said, no. And he goes, oh man, we have a lot of work to do. Let me tell you what, this is EMFs and radiation are the secondhand smoke. You know what that what that was fifteen twenty years ago. That's what it is for today. So, how many cigarettes do you want your family to smoke today? So I was like, oh geez, here we go. And I get it. I'm I'm on board. I understand how important it is. But my point in saying that story is, I can see like if my husband was standing there next to me, someone who's a little bit more skeptical about things, and like I said, a little bit more set in his ways. If someone says this is like secondhand smoke. How many cigarettes do you want to put in your kid's mouth today? My husband would be like, all right, that's a little bit wild for me. I'm not sure I subscribe to all this. So just a heads up. A lot of times I think the people who come in to, um, come in to do evaluations like this are so passionate about it. They're experts about it. 
And for me, it's about finding, getting all the information and finding that middle ground. So what is important to you and what changes can you make? And where do you, where do you feel about it? Like, where do you lie? Are you extreme? Do you, do you believe none of it? I had some people on Instagram being like, are you really believing any of this? And I get it. It's, it's a personal thing. You take all the information and decide what you like. I decide what you think. I really fall in the middle with a lot of these things. I would love to be extremist, but I know at this point, and maybe I'll get there, but at this point, that's not realistic for our family. And I think everything can also come in steps and stages. So I think starting with a good jumping off point is always good. A lot of people ask me, what are even the harms of EMFs? Like, I just don't really understand. So I know that, I mean, the studies are definitely conflicting. Some people say, absolutely, EMF exposure causes cancer, and that's that. And others say that there's been no confirmed link to this exposure causing cancer or other diseases. Um, I, I, I think, of course, we know they're not good, right? So to what degree they aren't great hasn't been officially confirmed with studies and research. But knowing that the exposure is harmful to us in some way is enough to want to do something about it. And we know that some people have a real sensitivity to it. Like they have a real sensitivity, they feel it, and they're much more sensitive than other people. Others may be affected but not realize. And some, some of the common symptoms are brain fog, headaches, tiredness, um, fatigue. We'll talk a lot about sleep because um, I think that's very important. And insomnia. Some people can also have lack of concentration or dizziness or changes in their memory, all because of this exposure. So I think that whether or not you feel like you have symptoms from it, I'm not one of those people, but listen, who knows, you know, if I could sleep better or be less tired or um, have a little bit less brain fog, which is probably just like mom fog and overall exhaustion from life. But who knows, maybe changing these things could make people, you know, people like me who don't think they have Um, any effects of it, but maybe it could make us feel better. And again, there's no downside. Why not? So he taught me so much, much of which was very scientific and complicated, but there are some great takeaways and things I implemented right away. And I reduced our exposure by half in one day. So the technical stuff, he explained to me that there are four types of EMFs, electromagnetic fields, magnetic electric field, Both of the above come from power lines, so that's kind of important to know about. And then the third one is radio frequencies like Wi-Fi, and the fourth is dirty electricity. So magnetic, electric, radio frequencies, and dirty electricity. He went into the specifics of all of these and definitely something that is easy to Google and you can hear it and read it from people who are experts in this. But I really want to keep it more on the general rather than getting into the specifics of it, like I said, that I'm not an expert at, but I understand the basics of, you know, understand the basics of them so I can understand all the readings and all the different things that he was telling me. To me, the biggest priority is to reduce our exposure while we are sleeping. 
So I really want to be in his, in the charts that I posted on and I'll post again on. There are severe and extreme categories in the magnetic region that I, when we are sleeping, I want to be out of that. I want to make sure that all of our levels are below what is considered extreme. I want good levels while we are sleeping. There's other things that I think it would be so great to do, but it would really impact our lives and change the way we do things. And also how much time are we really spending doing, doing those other things, right? So for me, we are in our beds, especially for the kids, they're sleeping for 10 hours a night with this exposure that's unnecessary while we're sleeping. So again, I think that this is one of those things where you need to learn and take in the information and decide what your priority is. For me, the priority is where, when we're sleeping, totally reducing all of our exposure because it's just not necessary. We're not doing things while we're sleeping. It's unnecessary and it's such a big chunk of time. That's my priority. The kids, of course, because they're their little bodies developing, the kids' exposure is my priority, and all of us while we're sleeping is our is is my priority. So going through each room, he used several different monitors and testers. And all I knew is I knew what from his chart what the numbers needed to be at and the numbers that we were reading at, and I could kind of figure out where we were and and where we needed to be and where I needed to be worried. We started in the kids' rooms, and what was very interesting to me is I have nest cams, one in the girls' room and one in Parker's room, and I use it all the time um, so I can check on my phone if he's asleep or if he's awake, if he's standing up. If I have a babysitter or my house helper here while he's sleeping, I can... I can look rather than texting all the time. Is he awake? Is he standing? So I know when to swoop and pick him up before I pick up the girls from school or something like that. I love my Nest Cams. I think they're great for safety and security and it's so convenient on the phone. And I've always worried that that was that was just terrible. I've just worried that that was putting out a ton of radiation and my kid, they're in my kids' rooms. And when we did, when we did our tests, and again, this could be different for every home, just kind of sharing what I learned. Those weren't bad at all. They're far enough away. I have them as far away as possible. So from the crib, it's on the complete other wall. It was far enough away to where it was fine. Like, listen, it's 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 putting out some, but it's not putting out a ton. He was totally fine with that. I was shocked. And I just feel so much better because every day when I'm using it, I mean, not all, not constantly, but it's always in the back of my mind, like, should I really pull these out of the rooms? But it's so helpful for our lifestyle. So it was great to learn that the Nest Cams for us because they're so far away, we're fine. But all, but also in Parker's room, I had his older monitor, which is which was much closer to the crib that was plugged in. That was like our traditional monitor that we use with the the little kind of you know TV screen unit that you move around the house. But as he's gotten older and he's not kind of doing baby naps and stuff, we just I've moved on to the Nest Cam and I just didn't really need it, so I had it switched off but I hadn't unplugged it and it was still there near the crib. And that was putting out a ton of radiation. And I just, I couldn't believe it just because I thought, oh, it's off, not a big deal. But just by unplugging that and removing it from the room, something that I wasn't using anymore for months, that took our numbers down a ton. So that was really, really good to see. Also in Parker's room, and this is one of those things where 
you know, I think that a lot of this, a lot of this you can implement just from reading and learning and hopefully from this podcast. But there are some things that I learned that I could have never, I don't think, learned on my own. I had to have one of these experts come out. But what I found is the electricity that's running through the back wall of Parker's room was for some reason putting out, you know, more waves than it really should. But if I moved his crib one foot from the wall, like when we put the monitor on his pillow, which so many people on Instagram story message me, how did you let him put those monitors, those dirty monitors in your bed and your kids' beds? Listen, I was like hell bent on getting all the answers. So if I've got to have to dirty monitor and clean everything, it is what it is. But so we put the dirty monitor in the crib on the pillow, exactly where he's sleeping. And we reduced our numbers by a ton just by removing that old monitor that I wasn't using anyways and moving his crib out one foot from the wall, which to be honest, looks a little bit weird, but whatever. Uh, We reduced our numbers by a lot. So that was really cool. Then going into the girls' room, we unplugged their chargers. They like these cool for their iPads. They like these cool chargers that kind of light up, that sends light through the wires. And I'm not sure if that's why these were putting out so much. But even when there wasn't a phone attached to them, when he put his monitor, it's kind of like a little buzzer monitor to see how much it was working. Those were putting out a lot. So I unplugged those from the wall and put them in the drawer. And it's one of those things, they don't use their iPads and their phones that much to where they're charging them daily. And usually I charge them in my room uh, because I don't want, I want, to monitor how much they're on them. And also because I don't want, I don't want everything, you know, a million things plugged into their room and charging. So I put their cords in their desk when they need them, they can pull them out, but they're not in there plugged in all the time, sending out waves that we don't need. So that was really cool. Then it was interesting because one of the tricky things that he couldn't figure out right away, one of the girls' beds had good levels then the other one was really high and they're only a couple feet apart. So he's like, I just don't understand this. Let's come back to it. Like he really needed to think on it. And once we went around and went through the whole house, we realized that the girls' beds are directly above the garage, which I didn't even really realize that the way the roof goes and stuff, they were directly above the garage. And in the garage, as you probably know, I do lots of purging and crafts and projects in the garage. So I love music. So we have two Sonos speakers, one on my side of the garage, one on my husband's side of the garage, and they're mounted to the ceiling. And the crazy thing is, is since the Sonos is mounted to the ceiling, it basically is almost, you know, on the flip side of that is the feet of my kids. So it's like, you know, the ceiling of the garage butts up to the floor of my girl's room. So the waves coming from the Sonos which how often do we really use the music in the garage was constantly sending waves up to their room. So I was like, got on a ladder, unplugged that thing right away. And I was like, awesome. I am stoked on this. It's something that we don't use often. It's easy. I took them down from being mounted on the ceiling and I put them low on the ground. And then the exposure was so much less. Our numbers were good, but I'm going to take it one step further because we have Sonos. We probably have 10 Sonos. I love music going most of the time in the house. So we have them all over, but you can hardwire them. Like there's an ethernet um, port on the back to where you can hardwire them. So even though that's going to be a little bit of a pain and a little bit of an expense, these aren't something that I need to move around. Like I know I always want one in the kitchen. I know I always want one in the family room, living room, gym. So I'm going to have them hardwired. 
And he also, the expert that came out, he also showed me, which was really interesting, there are there are plugs, and I don't even understand how this works, but you can plug in to a regular plug and then you plug in an Ethernet cable to it and it gives you um, like it's hardwired. I really don't understand how it works. I'm still learning about that, but I'll link that too if you want to look into it. Might be an easier way, but I'm going to have all these things hardwired because when we went through the rooms, the Sono speakers. So if you have any Alexa or Sono speakers or any kind of music speakers like that, you might want to think about having them hardwired or readjusting where they are because they could be putting out more waves than you think and more waves than you want in certain places. And again, my biggest priority was to reduce those EMFs while we're sleeping and having that Sonos right below their feet was totally unnecessary and such an easy move. So that was the girls' room. So now I have their levels all regulated. So in all these different types and all the different measurements that he has, we went through and we kind of kept doing little tweaks and little adjusting to where their rooms are good. So the question is, your Wi-Fi and your routers and all these things that are constantly pumping through the house, our remotes for our TVs also work on Wi-Fi. And sometimes I'll be working late or Craig will you know, wake up in the middle of the night and want to go on his laptop. And I didn't want it to be this thing where every night we have to set a, you know, an alarm and go downstairs and turn off the whole system and then go down in the cold and turn it on in the morning. Um, and for some reason, I don't know why I hadn't thought, just get a timer. So I ordered a timer and we haven't set that up yet, but we're going to, to where the Wi-Fi goes off at a certain time and then it goes back on in the morning. And then if it's one of those times when you wake up, well, maybe it's better not to be using your technology if you can't sleep in the middle of the night anyways, but then we'll have some other way where you could, you know, walk down, you know, since it's such a rare occasion that that would happen and actually return it back on if you needed it. But this way, if it's on a timer, the, those hours when we're all sleeping and we don't need the Wi-Fi pumping through the house, it's done. It's it's off. You take it off the table. Or like I said, if it's easy, you can just unplug it each night. That's like that's one way to reduce everybody's exposure. Pretty low impact on the lifestyle. I'm all about making realistic changes, right? So I don't want to make this big plan where I'm doing the seven step process every night before bed that you know realistically would happen for the first week, but not after that. So all realistic and practical plans and ways to implement all of this. The other thing that I didn't realize is Bluetooth devices. So putting Bluetooth devices, turning it off or putting it in airplane mode when you're not using it. So even with your cell phone, I don't use Bluetooth in my car. Um, I usually I usually do speakerphone, which I know isn't the best sound quality, or I'll just use my little... My husband got me AirPods, but I haven't used them. I usually just use little wired ones. So, I mean, speakerphone, of course, is the best because any pods in your ears close to your brain is not ideal, but I know some people love them. And I think depending on how much you talk on the phone, this isn't something that we all need to go, for me, that we all need to go change everything and never use an AirPod again. I think that if that's what, that's one of the things that you love, do that, but then reduce something else. So I don't use Bluetooth on the regular. So I turned off the Bluetooth on both of my phones and then instantly my phones were, the numbers were way better of everything coming out from my phones. So that was a good improvement. Now, the cell phone thing is difficult because, you know, in a perfect world, 
you would have the Wi-Fi off or you have them in airplane mode so that there's no radiation coming from it. But for me, that's not realistic. But there, but I did do a couple things that are realistic. So when you're sleeping, you should really turn your phone on airplane mode or put it far away from you. So if I put my phone when I sleep, if you charge it, I know a lot of people charge it in another room. That's awesome. If it's a wall away, that's the best. Or if you have it in the same room, have it like six feet away or more, you're reducing how much uh, radiation you're getting by a ton, a ton. But for me, I have to have my phone. I have to have my phone on and going for a whole bunch of different reasons during the day. But what I am doing less is I'm not keeping it in my pocket all the time. So if I'm working mainly at my desk, I'll have them on my desk. Or And I always I usually have them on silent, but now I just turn the sound on so I can hear if something's happening. So I don't need it on my body all the time. So I've had my phone on my body less, and that's been a lot better. And then I'm still kind of figuring out the jam with not having your phone right next to your head fully on while you sleep. I think that's one of the hardest things to do, but also um, one of one of the one of the changes you can do with the biggest impact is you can't sleep with your phone fully on by your head overnight. We just we know that it's not good for us. So I think one that's one of those things that might be painful at first, but we've gotta we've gotta make that change. The electric fields are the ones that can really prevent us from getting a good deep sleep. So by making this change of not having our phones fully on right next to us when we sleep is huge. And also it affects, it affects our sleep overall for sure. I mean, that's what studies have really shown, whether it's a little bit or whether it's a lot, this exposure isn't great for our sleep. So why not make the change now to have possibly better sleep to whatever degree, who knows, but no matter what we know, it's a good change. Next, dirty electricity. So dirty electricity is spikes and surges of this electromagnetic energy that's traveling through power lines and wiring where only standard electricity should really be. So dirty electricity varies in how much. So in my house, there was more in some rooms than in others. And so it really helped having someone come out and do this testing so I could see where is it worse? But when I was actually talking to him about, okay, so how could my friends, my friends meaning you guys, how could my friends reduce their, they reduce the dirty electricity in their house, but without, without having someone come out. And basically there are these plugs that I linked and I will link in the show notes here. There are these plugs that if you plug one of these plugs into every room of your house, and then you plug things into it. So it's like a little, looks like a little converter, but you plug it into the wall and it's it's a little bit oversized, so your your plug that now that has two might become one, which is a little bit inefficient. But you can always um, attach something else to it, like a converter that I will link to, so you can get back to having two or three plugs instead of just one. Like I said, because the actual unit is a little bit bulky. But by doing this, by plugging one into each room and then plugging your things actually into this device, it removes the dirty electricity. So in everywhere in our house, we needed just one plug per room. And then in the movie room where there's all this tech stuff, we needed two. But really, in most rooms, one is, is plenty and you've completely eliminated the concern of dirty electricity in the house. And again, it's that spikes and surges 
of the energy traveling traveling through the power lines where there should only be standard electricity. So by putting these cool little devices in, you've eliminated the dirty electricity in all the rooms. And I thought that was so cool. I didn't know. I didn't even know what dirty electricity was. I had heard of it, but I didn't know anything about it. And I didn't know that it was such a simple fix. So I loved that one. And I feel like that's something that you can implement right away and start improving your numbers again without affecting your lifestyle at all. I think that one of the things to think about when you're going through this, like I mentioned, is where are you spending the most time? So again, this expert was really thorough and he was so, so sweet about all the different recommendations. Some of the things that he offered, I thought were going to be kind of painful and difficult, whether it's a lifestyle change or maybe it would have been a really kind of expensive thing to cut into a wall where there's wallpaper or move things around for this change where to me, I was like, listen, there, no one's spending that much time in this specific area the, you know, it's not worth that huge effort to do. And who knows, maybe down the line or as we learn more or more technology comes out about different ways to solve these problems in our homes, maybe we will make, take that step and make those changes. But I'm really kind of like a middle, middle of the road type person. I really try not to be too extreme on things, but I also try to consider them rather than not considering them at all. I think for most people, this is probably where you'll fall is the nice middle of the road. How can I how can I improve on this without going to the extreme? But listen, I completely respect people who are in the extreme as well. There are so many things I would love to be in the extreme with. I'd love to only eat raw fruits and vegetables as a diet, but that's not realistic for me. But I totally appreciate people who can. Um, also with this, I appreciate people who have made their house completely, you know, healthy, safe, EMF-free homes, for me and, and and my husband in our lives, I think that would be a little bit too extreme. And I think that everyone would just, you know, tell me I was crazy and go run the other direction. So just finding a middle ground and for you deciding what is the most important to you, what are your priorities and what you want to change. And I think I will definitely link, I know there are lots and lots of experts. I will link the gentleman that we use. The company is called Create Healthy Homes. His name is Oram Miller. And he was fabulous. He was really, really great. And he gave me so much knowledge. Now, if you're going to bring out one of these experts, know that you get the most out of it if you clear your day. So of course, I told him the day before he was coming, I was like, listen, I have my team there. We are finishing up two online courses that we're writing and we're doing audio and it's the first time we're doing this specific thing. So I, they, they were at the house working with me as we were, as we were working on that. I had a little bit of house construction going on. I had Parker home. So, I mean, I was dividing my time completely. That's not ideal. If you're going to have one of these people out, it would be really great if you could kind of clear your day because what he did is he went around and measured everything and kind of wrote up stuff so he could work independently on his on his own for like an hour. But then after that, he wanted to go back through the house with me and go through every single thing. He probably sat down with me for an hour at the start and explained to me all the different types of EMFs, the electromagnetic fields and um, which ones come from Wi-Fi, which one comes from power lines, how to read all the different tables of what we were going to go through and all the different monitors that he had. Then we went through the house and he showed me all the things and we made little tweaks and adjustments. He was here for like a full six hours and he would, ideally he would want me walking through 
almost the entire time of it. So if you're going to do it to get the most out of it, I would say kind of book out or do it on a day when you can be home and do it and go through it with him. The cost was $425, which I thought was reasonable. I thought it was, I, I definitely thought that I got the value out of the initial consultation and I was impressed that it wasn't like, well, here's your initial consultation, but in order to do anything to make any changes, it's going to be another, you know, $1,200 and, you know, you have to have me come out and only me to do these changes. I feel like sometimes things like this can be that you come, you get a consult and you pay for the evaluation, but really it's, you know, the sales pitch to step two. This is not what this was at all. Now, he definitely said, if you want to take the next steps, I can come out and I can bring an electrician who I know is an expert in this field, or you can, if you have an electrician that knows your home and has already done work in your home, bring them and you can basically kind of hire me for the day and we will work on rewiring the things that I don't like in your house and um, making other electrical changes and things like that. I'll do it. So it was great. There is a step too. If you want more help, He'll do that and he'll come back and we could take the next state steps. But with this initial consultation, $425, give him a check day of, that's it. I got so much information and I made so many changes that I'm telling you, we reduced our numbers by at least half. In some rooms, it was like off the charts for whatever reason. And then uh, just by making these simple changes, we went down so much. Now, the one thing that was not a simple change you might know my obsession with my heating blanket and heating blankets in general. My heating blanket, I, sh- I have to say was because it's not with me anymore. My heating blanket was my favorite thing, like my single favorite thing because I, it's just the most comfortable, cozy sleep ever. And I had no idea that, I mean, of course I thought, okay, it's probably admitting a little bit, but I had no idea that it was sending out so much um, so much radiation into the air and into my space and I'm wrapped in it every night, all night while I'm sleeping. So that's one of the things that was totally painful that I did cold turkey. I got, got rid of all the heating blankets in the house and I'm looking into weighted blankets. I love the soft Sherpa material of the heating blanket. And I'm telling you, I am, I'm not someone that has any trouble sleeping. I, I run, I try to, I try to go at a hundred miles an hour all day long. So my husband says I have, I have narcolepsy because if I lay down, I am out. So I'm fortunate in that way that I'm not someone that uses it to help go to sleep, but it's just the most cozy, warm, best thing at the end of the day. And I understand that some people don't want to give it up. I get that. Reduce it in other ways. That's cool. But for me, just seeing those numbers when it was plugged in and when it was not plugged in or turned on and not turned on, the numbers were so drastically different. And it just, something feels weird about wrapping your body in it all night long that I just couldn't get over. And again, you know, I'm all about reducing it while we're sleeping. So wrapping myself in a, basically a blanket filled with EMFs was not in the program anymore. And listen, I've been, I've been obsessed with my heating blanket for so long. You can't think in the past. Like you can't get, go down the dark hole of oh, how much exposure have I gotten in the past? Listen, we didn't know then. We know now. All we can do is make the best decisions we can for today, going forward for ourselves and for our families. So I feel so guilty because I feel like I've gotten so many people on board with the heating blankets because I've been so obsessed, but I'm just so sorry. I just didn't know. I had no idea 
that it was sending out so much bad energy in the world. I thought it was all goodness. Um, so when I figure out what my next step is with the blanket in the bed situation, I will be sure to share because sadly for me, it is no longer my beloved heating blanket. Um, and again, some people message me and we're like, I'm not giving it up. I love it too much. I live in Canada. It's freezing. It's snowing. I get that. I I totally get that. So think about the other ways. Maybe there are some other things that, you know, are easier for you to do that don't make sense for me to do for whatever reason, convenience, family, whatever it is then you can reduce it that way. Like I said, I think that there's no right or wrong answer here. It's just a matter of getting the information and making the best choices for your family. And um, I think that if you can, if you live in the Southern California area, um, Create Healthy Homes is um, a great company. And his website is, okay, so it's uh, createhealthyhomes.com. He has so much great information on there if you maybe don't live somewhere where there is an expert or you just want to learn more about it, a lot of the things, every single product that he told me to buy is on his website and linked. And of course, the ones I'm talking about, I will link. But I didn't even know that there are headphones that have air in the last part of them. So they're basically like plastic headphones. And if you have the new iPhone, you would probably just need like the converter because I think it's the older plug at the end. But it's so much better. It's such a better headphone to use because you just don't have those pods right in your ears sending out all these waves. I think that the AirPods and the Apple Watch and the headphones are probably, you know, and the phones in general are going to are the hardest changes for people to make. But I think just look at it and look at the overall time spent in doing each activity and, and how much you really think you're getting from it. And then go from there. He said that the cool thing is, is stopping use of it or reducing your use of it. Um, Most people can repair um, that damage that's kind of done, you know, close to the ear. He said that 20% of people can't repair the damage. So that's a lot of people that can't, but there's also the majority of us that can repair the damage by um, reducing or stopping the use of AirPods or headphones, like the traditional headphones. Like I said, for me, it's all about finding the middle ground and what works for you. But knowing that just stopping the use can kind of, your body can kind of self-correct on the damage that has been done is cool to know and empowering and, and makes you motivated to kind of make a change. And I think that's it. That's a lot to think about. And certainly there's a lot more to learn and to be continued on all this stuff I learned. But I wanted to do this episode as I'm learning it. And as I just got all this great information, hopefully this answered a lot of questions you have on the topic and sparks your interest to learn more like I did. I really think that knowledge is power and I love that there are easy ways to reduce your family's exposure without turning your lives completely upside down. I love this community so we can all share what we've learned and make the best decisions for ourselves and for our families. Please share what you've learned on this topic and we'll keep the conversation going. Comment on my post about this episode on my Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Thank you for listening today and cheers to being awesome at making decisions that help us be our healthiest selves. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. 
For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.